This next interview is with Kirby, and I'm so excited for you to hear from her and from her heart. She is someone who I didn't know before, but even just our initial conversation, I left so encouraged by my conversation with her. And she talks about lots of different things that the Lord has done in her life. Um, but one of the things that really stood out to me was she was sharing how she felt called to something and her husband did not feel called <laughs> to that same thing. And I, that's such an important topic. You know, what do you do if you're like, you know, I feel strongly about this, but my husband um, feels strongly opposed to it. How do you navigate that? Uh, you know, we're, if you're married, you are one with your spouse. Um, and how do you walk out that oneness, that unity uh, in real life, especially when it comes to disagreements and when it, you know, when it comes to something that you feel like the Lord has laid on your heart. Well, how do you navigate that? What does that look like? Um, so I'm so excited for her to share and um, for, you know, for whatever the Lord wants you to learn from our conversation, whatever he wants to highlight to you. Um, I'm, I'm just praying that you will have ears to hear and I'd encourage you to write those things down. If something is highlighted to you from our conversation, um, that's the, you know, the Lord speaking through Kirby to you. So write those things down, uh, that the Lord shows you through my conversation with her. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Um, yeah. So first question, I just want to get kind of a 30 second overview of who you are. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes. So my name is Kirby. Um, I live in Iowa with my husband and our three children. Um, I am a stay at home mom for the most part. I do do some grant writing on the side um, for a couple of different organizations. Um, one here in Iowa and one actually in South Carolina. So I'll get into that and, and how I got started on that um, later on. But um, I'm 29 almost. Um, my boys are three and a half, 15 months and six months. Um, I'll get into that again later. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. So very close in age. How, yeah. how has that been with the stay at home life and having, uh, you said there are three boys, so three boys all close in age. How has that been? It's good. It's crazy. It's wild. Um, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, I'm kind of in this season of just like survival <laughs> a little bit. Yes. Um, we, we live really near our parents, so that's super helpful. I'm actually at my parents' house right now. Um, they help a ton with the boys, so uh, we're definitely thankful for that. But it's, it's wild in a good way, in a good way, but it's, it's crazy, yes. This particular stage in life, is this what you envisioned um, <laughs> for, you know, did you, did you picture yourself in this stage at all in the past? Yes and no. I always wanted to stay home. Um, we actually moved back to our hometown, which was not um, something that I had envisioned ever doing. Uh, my husband actually had to kind of drag me kicking and screaming. We moved shortly after our first was born. And uh, that was not, that was not part of my plan. I loved my job. Um, I didn't 
it was, it was hard leaving, but like I said, I did always want to be a stay at home mom. So that was kind of the goal, but it just came about in a way that I wasn't anticipating. Um, but I would say, like I said, yes and no, I, I did always want to stay home, but not in the capacity that it happened in. I guess. Yes. Well, and so I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and then I have another baby that's yes. here <laughs> soon. That's so, awesome. so it's, I mean, like I, I get you where it's like, well, yes, I, you know, I'm enjoying it. I love it, but it's also crazy and you never really know what to expect. So even if you're like, oh yeah, I'd love to stay home with my kids. Um, well, when it, if that's what ends up happening, then it's still, you know, you can't prepare for it. It's like, oh, okay, this is what this looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. So what do you feel like, um, are some things that the Lord has gifted you with, um, that you've been using to help other people or how he's using you at this stage right now? So I took some notes. Uh, so let me see if I even can find the ones because of course I didn't organize them before we started. Um, yes. Okay. So how he's gifted me. Um, <clears throat> so kind of backstory adoption is really something that's hard on my heart right now and has been for, um, for the last couple of years. And he has really used our experience with adoption. Our, our middle son is adopted. Mm -hmm. and um, he has really used our experience with adoption to utilize my unique giftings in ways that I didn't anticipate that he would when we first started the process. So um, I guess kind of he's gifted me in, in giving me, um, and sometimes I view this as a curse too, because I just feel things so deeply, but empathy, I, I feel um, very heavy things in regards to adoption and very beautiful things in regards to adoption and, um, using those feelings and those, the, that gifting, um, to serve other adoptive parents and birth, birth mothers. I have a couple of friends that are birth moms that, um, I try to love on as best as I can, as well as my son's birth mom. We have an open relationship with her and, um, sometimes that is hard because I feel things so heavy for her and I feel things that aren't mine to feel. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's a gift and in a way it's, it's made things harder, but he's definitely making beauty out of the ashes from that 100% of the time. Um, and then also just, I'm kind of an encourager. I've, I've seen myself in that role over the last couple of years, um, since we've been in this process with adopting Tate um, in December of 2017, I've made a lot of friends in the adoption community. And a lot of those were waiting mamas when we were waiting to adopt. So we kind of were, were a community of support back and forth, um, sending each other scriptures, sending each other, um, just tidbits here and there, like, Hey, I'm praying for you today. I have a good feeling, you know, the Lord is working in this season and there's going to be beauty from this. And, we just have to wait and see it. Mm -hmm. Um, he promises that there will be beauty. And so just an encourager. And then lastly, um, writing is something that he has gifted me in. And that's kind of where, um, kind of my outlet is a little bit too. I, when we first started the adoption process, I started a blog 
Mm-hmm. And um, just as a way, because small town, people ask you questions every time they see, how's it going? How's it going? And it's sometimes hard to answer those questions every week at church. You know, you're like, I want to just write it out there for the world to see. And um, you know how I'm doing this week. So if you want to give me a hug because I'm having a hard week, I don't have to break down into tears and tell you why I'm having a hard week. You already know, you know. So um, that writing is um, a way to bring encouragement also in a way that he's using me in this season, I feel like. Um, And then writing for the, so I mentioned that I write grants for a couple of agencies or a couple of organizations. The first one is um, here in Iowa. And the second one is in South Carolina. And it's actually uh, for the adoption agency that we adopted Tate through. So I'm able to write grants to help them get funding for some of their programs which is a huge, huge, huge passion of mine. I love the ladies at Quiverful Adoptions and we've become great friends and I'm just so excited. I just started recently in the last month or so um, writing for them and getting to ask for funding for programs that support birth mothers and that support adoptive families and that support adoptees and just um, teaching people and how to adopt well is something um, I'm excited about doing through my writing. That's so awesome to see like how it all works together. So you're, I mean, you're going through all these, you know, strengths and how you're like, you know, the Lord has gifted me in this area. And then it's like, I'm just, from my perspective, it's like that all goes together so well. And I mean, who knows from someone else's perspective, how, where they would have put you or what they would have wanted you to do with that particular set of giftings. But it's so cool to see how the Lord you know, it's like he uniquely gifted you in different areas mm-hmm. and then said, hey, here you go. Here's what I want you to do in this season. And it works so well with your gifts. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun and it's hard and it's, um, it's beautiful all at the same time. Like I said, I feel things. I feel a lot of things. <laughs> so um, I really want to hear about well, adoption in general, but how you got into that, um, you know, if it's something uh, that you had thought about for a while or how that all came about, just, yeah, share your story with that and how you got into it. So um, it actually starts at the very beginning in 2013, right after Trey, my husband and I were married. Um, I was at work one day on my lunch break and just scrolling through Facebook and I had come across a family that was, um, it was a transracial adoptive family. So they had some black kids, they had some white kids, mom and dad were white and they were just so beautiful. And I wanted to learn more about them. Excuse me. So I found their blog, of course, super creepy, found their blog, read all about their story and was just awestruck by the way the Lord had worked in their lives. And they had a lot of heartache along the way. And I just was sobbing reading it. And that kind of I went down the rabbit hole and I found a million different blogs about adoptees and about adoption and about transracial adoption and international adoption, domestic, all the things I found. And um, I went to my husband that night and I asked him if he would ever consider adopting. And he kind of just said no. (laughs) He said, you know, if we can't have kids of our own or biological kids, uh, we would look into adoption. But that wasn't something that he was really excited about. So, um, I kind of, I, I just put it on the back burner. I never really, um, gave up on it, but it wasn't something that I actively pursued after that day. Um, 
and you know, that's not really true. I talked about it a lot with just friends and, but just not like, oh, we're going to do this. Like, oh, I have a heart for this. How can I get involved? Whatever. Nothing really came from that though. And then about a year later, we decided to start trying for a family and we got pregnant right away. And it was a great experience, great pregnancy. And then, um, Theo was born in July of 2015. And about five days after he was born, I went to the ER, was having some just weird symptoms, swelling of the legs, shortness of breath, and it just wasn't going away. So we went to the ER and um, they actually diagnosed me with postpartum cardiomyopathy, which is basically pregnancy induced heart failure. No history of any heart related, nothing ever, no medical history whatsoever. I've always been perfectly healthy. And so my first question was, we want a million kids. What, what does this mean for that? And yes. they were um, not supportive, <laughs> to say it nicely. They basically just said, do not have more kids. It would be way too big of a risk for you to, um, to have another pregnancy. And we were devastated, obviously. And we took some time to grieve that loss and actually didn't really grieve it. Kind of were in denial. Kind of were like, nah, the Lord's going to work this out. You know, we're going to be fine. And then we got a second opinion and that cardiologist said the same thing. He said, this is, this is very rare. You never know. Even if you improve back to a hundred percent, you never know. So, um, and that was in February. So Theo was probably like maybe six months, seven months by that point. And we finally, I finally was like, okay, Lord, maybe this is why you put adoption on my heart so many years ago, you know, at that point, well, it was two years ago, three years ago. So I really started digging into researching and researched hundreds of agencies and just got back on that train, reading blogs, everything I could find. And the Lord slowly, slowly, slowly reminded me of the, that beautiful way to grow a family. And I was invested. I was like ready. And we were talking about it and Trey always said, yeah, 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 sure. Okay. Yeah. When the time's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then one day we were at dinner again and I had, he was being quiet and I asked him like, are you, are you okay with this? We, I was like, well, I think we should look into this agency and do all these things. And he's like, I'm just not, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm still grieving this loss of biological children and I'm not ready to pursue that. And so again, put on the back burner. Um, finally came around and researched more agencies again and decided in, let's see, January, we had found the one that we liked January of 2017. We started our home study and, um, officially got on, you know, the program and, and started, and we wanted to do an infant domestic adoption, which means, um, in the United States. And we worked with Quiverful Adoptions and we matched with Tate's birth family after we were active for about six months with them. So we matched at the end of October and he was due six weeks later. Wow. So <laughs> that's like, that's weeks. quite the, whoa, here, yeah. six weeks. Yeah. yeah. He was born in South Carolina and we actually went out there. His birth family wanted to meet us before he was born. So we flew out there and met them in the first week of November and started started establishing a relationship with them um and it really was incredible it was beautiful and hard and emotional and overwhelming for everybody uh, <clears throat> but we spent about 36 hours with them getting to know 
getting to know them and just spending time. And I wrote down every detail of the visit <laughs> and because writing is, is my outlet. So, and I, I was keeping a journal for Tate, um, just to show him, you know, about his birth family and not knowing what level of openness we would have with them, you know, as the, as the years and whatever went by. So I documented like what they ate and what they, what they, just every detail. And then we actually flew back to South Carolina. Um, she was going to be induced and we flew and were there for the birth. And she, um, allowed me to be in the room graciously, which was something I was not expecting. And I was able to cut the cord and be there for the entire, the entire labor. And it was, um, raw and hard and beautiful and getting to love on her. I told you I'm emotional. <laughs> um, was just really, really neat. And I'm so thankful that she allowed me in that space because she did not have to. Yes. Um, and so we spent the next couple of days with them in the hospital and um, were there for a couple of weeks with them until we could fly back home. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah. And then we got pregnant right after. That's <laughs> Before we get to that, <laughs> yeah, can can you talk a little bit more about um, that experience of being there with with the birth mom and spending time with her, getting to know her, um, you know, all with the intent of okay, you know, we are adopting your child, and so I, I'm sure that's such a blessing for you and for her, and then at the same time, such a hard time. Um, would you mind sharing some about that? Yeah, certainly. So before, um, the whole week leading up to the birth, he, he was due December 7th and was induced December, well, 5th, he was born the 6th. So we were like, we, she thought she was going to have him, you know, days before. So we were on pins and needles the whole time. And I just kept praying like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's by Plum. It's a song. Um, it's like, help me to move, help me to see, help me to do whatever you would ask of me. And I just kept praying that song over and over. Like, Lord, she has every right to parent this baby. This is her baby. This is not my baby. This is her baby. And um, if she wants to parent this baby, I want to support her in parenting that baby. As heartbroken as we would be, um, we had no claim on this, on this boy's life. He was not ours. He was hers until she decided that he was both of ours. And so I just kept praying like, just Lord be near, be, be in me, be in Trey, help us to do whatever you, you would have, whether that is to bring this baby home and be his parents, or whether that be to hold her hand as she delivers this baby and then say goodbye. Um, whatever, whatever it was, that's what we prayed for. And, um, that hospital experience was, she, I don't think she ever faltered. But um, if she did, we, we truly would have supported her in that. And I, I told her that several times. I was like, I don't want you to feel like just because we're here, you have to do this. We're here because we love you. And um, that is the reason. So if you want to parent this baby, if you can, we will support you and we will help you in any way you can or any way we can. And um, she was just so gracious and and 
everything she was handling in the hospital and, and the hospital staff was as gracious as they knew how to be. You know, it's, it's a hard situation. It's hard to know who to go to with the questions and, and, um, just how to work through that because it's not something that you see every day, you know? So yeah, it was, it was again, hard and beautiful and, um, something we never expected to get to experience and are so thankful that we did. I love that. Just walking through it with the Lord. So it's like, you know, <laughs> because you really, I mean, with most things in life, you have no idea how they're going to turn out. And yep. so just that reminder to consistently and constantly give it back to the Lord and say, okay, you know, we could be worried about this. We could be, Oh no, what if this happens? Or, you know, our minds can go down so many different rabbit trails and like, yes. no, just coming back to that. The Lord knows and mm -hmm. we can trust the Lord with this and however he wants us to turn out, we're just going to trust him. I love that reminder. Yeah. Um, I want to step back a little bit. Uh, you mentioned um, how it took your husband. So after, after your first kiddo was born and then you went through the grieving process and your husband was also going through that grieving process. Um, how it's, you know, you were on different timelines with that. Yeah. And so I would like to hear, um, for, yeah, just from your perspective, how did you approach that? You know, when you want something or you're ready to take action on something, but your husband's not there. Um, yeah. what, what did you do with that? Give a little insight there. We very rarely are ever, um, like ready to jump on the same thing at the same time. <laughs> like I mentioned before, he wanted to move back home and I was like, no, that's not what the Lord has for us. <laughs> I was just, no. And, um, and he was right and we did it. And I'm so thankful that we did. And, um, I struggle sometimes with, um, submitting to him. I know that that is what the Lord is calling me to do. And, um, it's something I'm working on and, and we are improving. Um, he is just such a laid back kind of guy. He usually kind of just goes with the flow and he knows that I don't really make rash decisions. Like what this is, the big decisions that I make are thought out and there's lists and there's, it's, it's not like a random thought. Mm -hmm. So he usually just goes with it. But this time he was like, this is scary curve. This is expensive. This is costly and, and emotional. And we could get taken for all we have. I mean, you, you can, that's a, that's a risk. Um, adoption is risky, but like, so is childbirth clearly. Yeah. So, you know, any way of growing a family isn't, isn't easy. Um, and so I guess, the first step was for me to stop talking about it all the time because I did. It was every waking moment. Anytime that, that we weren't parenting Theo, we were talking about adoption where I was talking about adoption. And I did not realize that he was not talking about it because I just was talking about it the whole time. So um, just realizing that one night at dinner, like I told you, he's not talking about this. Why is he not as excited as I am? and just listening to him and, and seeing how emotional he was about it. He, he doesn't get like that. And so I knew like, okay, wow, I need to step back a little bit and just let him have this because I'm not going to, I'm not going to force him into, I mean, you can't force somebody into, you know, adopting a child. That's not how, that's not good. <laughs> so I, um, 
kind of let it go. I did do a little bit of research just in my private, you know, my own, own time when Theo was napping or whatever. Um, but it wasn't something that I brought up constantly. But at my next appointment, my next cardiology appointment, so that date night was like in March or something. And then May was my next cardiology appointment. And so I had him come with me and I said, would it help if you could talk to the cardiologist and hear uh, kind of what he has to say about what a pregnancy might look like for me? And so uh, he came with, and this is actually kind of funny. Uh, he came with to that appointment. And at that appointment, the cardiologist said, well, um, your heart looks good. So if you want to, we can talk about a pregnancy. Um, you know, maybe not right now, but down the road, we can talk about it. I'm not giving green light. I'm not saying do it, but I'm just saying we can talk about it. And I was just filled with fear. Like, no, I am, I am, we're adopting. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't want to do this. I've made my peace. I don't know. And I was so worried that Trey was going to say, well, he said we could, so let's just table the adoption and, you know, get pregnant when he says we can. And that's not what happened at all. We, we laughed and Trey gave me a huge hug and he's like, I think we should pursue adoption. Like, it's not, I'm not okay with risking that, you know, your quality of life, not knowing um, what that would look like. It's just not worth the risk. So let's pursue. So that was in May. And so um, we, again, I didn't bombard him still with it. I just kind of, we, we talked about open adoption. We talked about what that looked like because I was very educated on it because I've been researching it for, you know, several months, but he didn't know anything about it. And he didn't know, you know, the, the average cost or the wait time or all these agencies. He didn't know. We, we researched heavily into transracial adoption. And if we thought we, we could be a good fit for that or, um, or not, um, living in a smaller community, what that would look like for a child of color if we did adopt um, a child of color, what that would look like. And um, so just, just educational topics we, um, we talked about a lot. But so, yeah, it was crazy. So what, what advice would you have for someone who, I mean, maybe it's a completely different situation, but they're feeling called to something um, or something, they feel like the Lord has laid this on my heart and this is something I want to pursue. Um, but you know, spouse is not on board or situation. It's just not the right timing or, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out then. Cause you were in that situation. What yeah. advice would you give to someone if that's where they're at? You know, I would just, go to the Lord with it. Seek, seek his will above yours. Because a lot of times I was like, let's just do it. Let's just jump on it. Let's just, you're on board. I'm on board. Let's just do it. But it clearly was not the time um, to adopt in, in my situation specifically. I was like, let's jump on board. Well, we don't have this $30,000 laying around. You can't just do it, you know? So um, I think educating yourself, taking the time to research whatever it is that you're feeling passionate about so that when the time is right, when you are feeling um, that nudge to get started or you do get your spouse's blessing or whatever it may be, um, you're informed and you're not just jumping in head, you know, head first without any kind of knowledge of what you might be getting into. Um, 
And I think just praying for his timing above your own, because if you, if you do jump in before, it's likely not going to go very well. So it's going to probably be an easier transition if you wait for the Lord's prompting. Um, and he's going to bless that than if you just do it because you want to. So seeking him and just praying and praying over your spouse or whatever the roadblock is, um, just asking for clarity and wisdom is, is kind of how, how I approached it kind of a basic answer but no that's so good though because it's I mean it's tied to a specific circumstance so it's you know a lot of times we talk about things and it's like oh yeah this is truth or this is what you should do um in general but yeah. tying it to hey well here's how it looked <laughs> for me in this particular circumstance where I was feeling called even called of the Lord to do something yeah. and where I still had to say okay Lord you put this on my heart but I still have to wait on you for it. So yeah. that's, that's and I mean, it was, it was years. I, I, I can see how he was cultivating and how he was changing and working in that waiting season. Um, in my heart, I don't know in 2013, when we first, when I first, um, was looking into adoption, I don't know that we would have done an open adoption. Mm -hmm. I think, um, and I don't know that we would have been as informed. Tate is Caucasian. It, we did not end up doing a transracial adoption. Um, but, I would not have been as informed if we had just jumped in then. And if we had adopted a child of color, I don't think it would have gone very well because I wouldn't have known anything about it, mm -hmm. you know? So you can see if you look um, the way that he cultivates your heart and changes things along the way, even if it takes, you know, two days or if it takes three years, I think just waiting on him, he'll make it clear. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you mind sharing the financial journey with it? Because I know that's a huge thing for people um, who are interested in adoption, but it is something that is a huge investment. Um, would you mind sharing your journey with that? Yeah, totally. So um, it's so funny. This, the Lord just shows up every, every step of the way in our story, like he does in, in every story, you know, really, like I said, if you look for it, but um, so I'm trying to remember that second um, appointment where we got the second opinion was in February. And that was kind of when I was like, okay, Lord, adoption, let's, let's do it. Let's look into it. And then I was like, $30,000. Okay. I stay home. What is that going to look like? You know? And that was so just disappointing and discouraging from the get go. And then I got a call. So at that point, again, like I said, I was staying home. I was not doing any grant writing at that point. So that was in February. In March, my boss at the nonprofit that I worked for before I had Theo called and said, hey, we're drowning since you left. Can you write grants from home? I'll pay you whatever you want. <laughs> and I was like, oh my word. Jesus, that is you. I mean, that's how we're, we're going to pay for this adoption. And so, um, I started that and we're still doing it. My, my thought process with it was like, okay, I'll do this for as long as it makes sense. As long as it works out, anything extra goes to adoption. Um, we'll just save, 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 and you know, get there eventually. And so I started writing at that point for them just a couple hours a week when Theo was napping or when, you know, Trey was home after work and everything we put aside towards the adoption fund. 
<clears throat> slowly and it grew and then um a few people knew of our plans to adopt we hadn't publicly announced <clears throat> excuse me my throat is okay we hadn't publicly announced that we would be adopting yet um no friends knew but um even like with the heart condition it wasn't something that we had we had shared yet and so we randomly got a, a i think it was like 200 dollars or something in cash in the mail from an acquaintance not even a friend like we barely knew these people from a church that we had gone to in our old community um before we moved back home <clears throat> and they sent a sweet letter and said hey, It was wild. Like, how did you even know? No, this is not public knowledge. How did you know? And so um, little things like that just kept happening. Um, different job opportunities came up. Um, I worked at a couple different organizations along the way, um, just for short periods of time that didn't work out with the season. But every little bit of income that I could make, um, we put towards the adoption. And then in November of 2016, 16, we found Quiverful and um, the national average adoption is like at the time was like 30 or $35,000. Quiverful's um, was like 11 and Trey was like, that's a scam. They're not a real company because why are they so much less? So we looked into them and prayed like crazy over them and finally did our call with them. And they were like, no, we are two adoptive moms and we want to help people adopt debt free. So, you know, this is how we do it. And they laid out their processes and we just kind of fell in love with them. And we're like, this is incredible. They're a faith-based organization. Um, and which was something we, we were very, um, strongly, strongly needing. Um, we really wanted to work with a Christian organization <clears throat> and so worked with them and they offer different fundraising ideas. We did do like a t-shirt fundraiser. And then we had a friend who is incredible. Um, she has a hand lettering business. And so she did some ornaments for us that raised about a thousand dollars. And slowly people, you know, people would come and just give and they'd say, we, like I said, we started our, our blog. So we shared our story. And by that point, once we had officially started, we were like, open book. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. Uh, because I felt very called to educate and inform because a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about adoption and about open adoption and about birth families and, and um, they don't know the right language to use and just all kinds of different things. And I felt really prompted by the Lord to share our experiences, to kind of break down those stereotypes, if at all possible. Um, and so people just were like, I've seen your story and I want to support you. And it was incredible. And our, our, um, adoption total was less, was still less than the national average. So we we were under, um, significantly under the 30,000. So yeah, he just showed that, up. I mean, there's no, other that's so awesome. Yeah, that's so it. awesome. And yeah. yeah, people that you're not even expecting it from and oh, randomly, here you go. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I love to how I mean, you brought mentioned your blog again, how 
even though your adoption may not have been what you originally were thinking, um, you know, back in, was it 2013 when you were yeah. looking into it, you know, you're like, oh, this is what I would do. How the Lord used all of that research you had done and things like that too. Um, I'm sure that's been so helpful to so many people <laughs> and even, even people walking with you through your journey, then they're getting exposed to right. not just your journey, but also, you know, the larger picture and different scenarios and, you know, okay, well, this is what it might look like, or this is what it might look like. Um, just because you had already done that research, even yeah. at a time when you didn't know if you'd be able to adopt. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we get a lot of, um, questions still even now, and we're happy to share our experience. You know, there's, there's a lot of things <clears throat> Actually, this is something that I'm working on. Um, a lot of things that we want to keep private for Tate, just about his specific situation and circumstances. And that that is important to us um, because it's his story to tell. It's not our story to tell. Um, but I do want to share the Lord's faithfulness through our experience and what that has looked like for us. Um, so it's kind of finding that happy medium of how much is too much and what's enough, you know, um, to give people information, to encourage them if they would want to adopt what it might look like, what to be prepared for, because it is not, um, it is not sunshine and rainbows. Like it's, it's a lot of hard waiting and soul searching and, and seeking his will above your own and obedience and money. <laughs> I mean, we, it's just, it's a lot and it's not something to jump into lightly. Um, and I want to be clear about that too, but I also, it's good. It's good. And the Lord has good goodness just oozing out of so many adoption situations, but it's hard also. So, yes. Yeah. You don't want to just say, Hey, look, this is great. You know, you want to give it yeah. all sides of it. Are you still blogging daily experiences <laughs> with your family or, you know what? Um, not really. And, and not because I don't want to. Um, I have a lot of like notes started on my phone of things I want to talk about, but then it just feels like it's not the right time to share them. And I pray over everything that I write, everything that I blog. And if I, I don't feel a piece about it, then I don't post it. So sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll write different things and I'll, um, just write them. I have journals for each of the boys. And I also have a journal for Tate's birth mom, um, that I don't know if I'll ever be brave enough to give to her. <laughs> Because it's very raw, but um, just experiences and different thoughts that I have through the process, I write them down. If I don't feel like it's something I need to publicly share or should publicly share, I won't. So there hasn't been a lot of activity on there because I just don't feel um, like I'm supposed to share it just yet. Maybe someday, but mm -hmm. and no, I also don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, with three three young yeah. kids. Yeah. No, but that's I think that's that's a good reminder too. Like, hey, just because um you're doing something or you started something, that doesn't mean it's like, okay, now you're doing this for the rest of your life. Like, let's go. Um it was never it was never like I wasn't gonna try to make money writing the blog. It was never like a it was it was purely as a way to keep our family and friends updated mm -hmm. when we were going through the process. Uh, because like I said, I didn't want to have to answer. Not that I would have, I would have answered it, but during those harder, harder seasons, it, it's hard to talk about every time you see somebody, you know? So, 
that was, that was the intent behind the blog. And I still have it. Um, if I, if we ever decide to start it back up or maybe even adapt again, who knows? Um, I might, I might work on it again, but for now, just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's better to do what the Lord wants, you know? So if, if it's okay, not, not this, not right now, well, that's fine. Um, Hey, I wanted to jump back to, uh, so after you adopted, then you said a month or a couple months later, you found out uh, you were pregnant. (laughs) Let's, let's go back to there (laughs) because that's okay. You, you know, potentially going to have uh, serious health problems with this. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Where were you guys at? Yeah, sure. So um, we got home with Tate December 16th. Um, He was born December 6th. On January 10th, I found out I was pregnant. Very early on. Um, But I was... (laughs) I was not initially excited to be totally honest. My husband was over the moon because he, you know, had been holding on to this hope, you know, to have more biological children and, and to experience that again. And I, uh, I had made my peace with it. I, I didn't, I really didn't even want to um, get pregnant again. And then we did. And I uh, am very much a people pleaser. So calling my cardiologist to tell him that I did something that he didn't want me to do was weirdly hard for me. <laughs> um, but I had, I had actually back up a little bit in November, I had gotten the all clear. My heart was back a hundred percent healthy. He said, this is amazing. Um, and at that, at that appointment, I told him, you're never going to believe it, but we're matched. Like we're adopting this baby who's due in six weeks. And he was like, he's a believer. He was like, praise the Lord. That's so amazing. I'm so happy for y'all. And then, um, in January, I called him and told him I was pregnant. And so I, you know, I was, I was feeling, it was kind of a tough season. I was very heavy in the grief with Tate's adoption and working through um, the grief that I felt for him and the guilt that I felt that's something I wasn't prepared to feel um, and just feelings of just being overwhelmed by the whole process. And then you add on that hormone layer. It was, it was kind of dark sometimes. I'll be honest, it was hard. But um, we went, you know, doctor's appointments, everything was good. And they kind of just... I was surprised by how nonchalant the whole thing was. I was expecting to have to be seen, you know, regularly and have all these tests and all these things. And the cardiologist was like, yeah, I definitely want to see you. We want to do echoes, but it's kind of like, we just have to wait and see what your body does. And um, they did put me back on one of the medications I was on just as a precaution. And he just kind of was like, we'll just wait and see. I'll see you every trimester. We'll do an echocardiogram excuse me, echocardiogram and see what your function's at and go from there. And there were zero issues the entire time, which again is just the Lord. Um, delivery went beautifully. Uh, no complications whatsoever. Praise the Lord. Hilarious, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. A hundred percent. There is no other, uh, no other explanation for that. I feel <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
could you talk a little bit about the importance of community in all of this um, and just how, you know, the body of Christ in general, but and how, how community has been uh, intricately involved and, in, you know, throughout yeah. this process? Yeah. So uh, I feel like I have two different communities, our adoption, you know, based community where we go to support, um, go to for support. Um, has been huge just people people who get it people who understand where you're at with your grief and where you're at with your um unique situations with your biological families and um your unique situations you know Tate's only one so we don't have a lot of a lot of um things coming at us from his perspective yet but I know that that that's coming and just making sure that we're surrounded by people who have walked that road and can give advice on how to handle those hard topics when they do come up. Um, but that has been invaluable during the wait, um, you know, having that community of people saying, like I said before, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm speaking these truths over your life because I know that God is faithful and I know you're gonna see it. Um, and that was huge. And then also, like we talked about briefly, the community support that we had with our adoption. Um, oh. There we go. <laughs> the low battery. Um, <laughs> of course. The community support that we had just in our adoption journey, um, you know, from the financial standpoint and people asking questions and all of those things um, was also huge. And I think a lot of that had to do with moving back to our town, um, our hometown. That was, the Lord had that in mind for us. I mean, that, that's just, again, that's just part of, of how he weaved that, this, you know, all of the story together. Um, but as far as being away from that community, like when we were in the other town, um, we didn't have that and how we could search that out was something that was important to us. And we tried, but we just didn't stay long enough. You know, we were part of a group in church and, and we worked with them and we loved them, but it was, it was not something that grew into what we had hoped. So, um, I guess I'm just, I'm thankful to be in our small town community where it was easy because I know that it's not always easy. I've been on the other side of that, trying to find the community and it not being easy because you're not from there or, you know, like when we lived there, we didn't have kids. Uh, so it was like, we're the weird childless couple that comes to all these things, you know, and that's hard too. So um, it's incredibly important in every stage of life that you're in. We're in a small group right now. We're the youngest by, you know, 10 years maybe, but it's been such a blessing to our family to get together, uh, you know, two or three times a month for a meal. And then we do a Bible study together and we really, it's, it's, a, it's a legit Bible study. Like we get into the word and we are learning so much from it and it is impacting us greatly. And it's something that we really want our kids to see us doing too, you know, getting together with other believers and um, talking about Jesus and what his life looked like and, and how we can model our lives to look like that too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's awesome how the Lord just prepared that for you. You know, if you have lots of difficult things at once, that's really tough. But here, let's yeah. let's give you a community yes. to help support you through it all. So that's yes. that's awesome. Yes. Um, what is something that you feel like the Lord is teaching you right now, like in this 
this particular season, you know, now you're a little bit beyond some of those things that you've walked through. Um, what do you feel like the Lord's teaching you now? So this is, I haven't talked to a lot of people about this yet because it's just kind of, I've just, it's just been swirling around in my mind, but a couple of weeks ago, I had this word just randomly pop up in my head, lavish, lavish everywhere. It um, was just popping up. And I had remembered a sermon that our pastor had preached uh, on the Good Samaritan back in September. I didn't know when it was. I don't have that good of a memory, but I take sermon notes. And so I was looking through my sermon notes to see where, where have I heard this word before? Like what, what, where is this coming from? And um, I found it September 9th of last year, a couple of weeks before Tommy was born. And on my note, on my page, the entire page had lavish love, lavish love, lavish love written everywhere. And, um, that has just been swirling around in my mind, what that looks like. And I've really been praying about what, what he's trying to teach me through that, what the Lord's trying to tell me through that word, because it is popping up everywhere. It last Sunday, it was in the, um, one of the worship songs we, we sang before the sermon, uh, twice this week, it's been in books, um, one other thing too, I can't remember just this week, all of just this one week, that word has come up like five or six times. And initially I've been praying that word over Tate's birth family. We're getting ready to go for our visit next week, actually. And, um, praying about how to love them lavishly and how to love them well, not, you know, showering them with gifts or showering, you know, not like that, but what that looks like in being intentional with our time with them. And, and, how we share Jesus with them, how we be Jesus to them. Um, And so that was my initial thought with the word lavish, but I'm seeing it spilling over in all the different areas of my life. Like how can I lavishly love my husband when he's had a hard day? How can I just lavish everything, that word just coming up everywhere. So I don't know exactly what he's teaching me through that, but it's something. so maybe report back on that later, but yeah, we'll have to do round two. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, the fact that he's so clearly putting that word in front of my face is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe that for a second. He's, he's being intentional with me seeing that word. So I'm trying to be obedient in uh, following whatever that means. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and then just keeping your eyes open for it. Yes. So, yes. and and it's like, okay, well, I know the Lord's trying to tell me something and you may yes. know bits and pieces of it, but let's, yeah, wait, wait and see what he wants. Being obedient in whatever that is. You know, we had kind of a wild hair and I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to start any rumors, but just wild hair. That would be incredibly lavish that my husband's like, I don't think he's trying to tell us that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I want to be obedient to whatever he's calling us to and whether it's something that looks crazy and wild. Um, so be it. I just want to, I want to serve and I want to be obedient to what he's calling. So. I love that. When you're following the Lord, sometimes it's not going to make sense to other people or to yourself or, and so just being, yeah, that I love that (laughs) emphasis on obedience that, you know, sometimes it's just something that's crazy beyond your wildest dreams. Well, that yeah. still takes obedience, you know? Yes, totally. So. And courage, praying for that too. <laughs> 
Um, how would you encourage someone who's in a similar stage as you? You know, three young kids, close in age. I'm sure most of your days, you know, you're just head down, going through the day. Um, how would you encourage someone who's at the same stage as you? Um, I would say, once again, coming back to community, um, it's really hard for me to leave my house right now. <laughs> like, I just, I just can't. Tate, you know, he's walking, but he's not you know, I can't say walk to the car, I, you know, he, he's one, he's 15 months. Um, so having people come over to my house has been a saving grace for me. Even just this last week was spring break. So, um, we had three different play dates at our house this week and just being intentional in cultivating those relationships with other moms, with young kids. We don't have a lot of conversation when my mom friends come over but we're just like there sitting in it together, you know, like I, I've had a, um, I had a couple of friends come over a couple of weeks ago and between us, there's like seven kids, six kids. I don't know. Some, a lot of kids. And we didn't really talk the whole time, but it, we, we all left leaving refreshed and encouraged because we weren't alone in the day to day, you know? So I would definitely encourage, um, finding that community, whether it's like a mops group, um, or, you know, a Bible study at your church, or we used to have one, um, Friday mornings that I went to right when we moved back to town, that was an encouragement for me. I met new, new friends through that. And, um, that was definitely an encouragement. So just getting connected and getting involved and, um, not worrying about your house not being cleaned before you have them over. I know everyone says that, but uh, seriously, because I worry about that. And this week I was like, I can't worry about it. I don't have the energy to worry about that. So come over. My dishes are piled high, but you're welcome to come over for coffee. And they did. And it was great. And for them, they're probably like, Hey, that's my house too. Like, exactly. and this is so refreshing to see someone else just live in life. Just like yeah. me. <laughs> totally. Totally. Thank yes. Thank you so much, Kirby, for hopping on here and, uh, yes. an interview. Um, I had, this is the last question. I don't know if you have anything for it, but, uh, you know, where can people go to find out more about you or if they, uh, have any questions, you know, would, would you be up for that? Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, I don't really do my blog anymore and I don't even know what the link would be to tell you. Um, but definitely you can add me on Facebook, shoot me a message maybe before you do so that I know who you are. So I'm not just like delete. I don't add people. I don't know a lot of times. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions about um, adoption or about Quiverful even or um, anything related to that, feel free to shoot me a message. Like I said, I answer a lot of a lot of questions about those topics right now just because we have been so open about it. Um, and it's it's a gift to be able to share our experiences and it's a joy to, to come alongside people and encourage and um, just kind of inform on things they might not know or or be very overwhelmed by because it is starting that process is incredibly overwhelming and I definitely leaned on people for support um through social media and just anyone I knew that had adopted I reached out to so I'm happy to be one of those people for whoever um whoever is interested so well, yeah, thank just you so much sizes. Thank yeah. you so much Kirby um and yeah uh, it's been really encouraging talking to you uh, just in general and hearing more about your life. So thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me. It was great to meet you.
you were listening to this podcast, you felt like the Lord brought something to mind that he wants you to do. If that sounds like you, then I have something for you. We have a monthly paid community specifically for women who feel called to more. My goal is to encourage you, to strengthen you, to build you up as you seek to obey whatever the Lord is calling you to do. Whether that is to write a book, to start a business or go in a new direction with your current business, to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, or to help a specific group of people that the Lord has put on your heart. Or maybe you feel called to more, but you're not quite sure what that would look like yet. Whatever he is calling you to do, I want to walk with you through that process. As you seek to do it not just for him in your own strength and wisdom, but to do it with him, following his lead and relying on him every step of the way. For more details, go to createdforstrength.com slash community. And right now, you'll also get a Created for Strength t-shirt with your first month's membership. Woohoo, a t-shirt! Now, I know that if the Lord is calling you to more, then this group will be helpful to you in knowing how to walk this thing out with him and in his strength. So go to createdforstrength.com community to get the t-shirt and to check out the community.